Hi, everybody. Welcome to Dear Asian Americans. This is Tiffany Huang hosting for the last time as I welcome our new April guest host to the show. I think it's fitting that we end Women's History Month by passing the torch on to another woman. So please welcome Marva Shi, an NYU student and the co-director of New York City Asian American Student Conference. Welcome, Marva. Hi, Tiffany. So good to be talking with you. Yeah, we're so excited to welcome another guest host to the show. Why don't you tell us about yourself? Cool. Uh, so hi, I'm Marva. I technically go to NYU, um, but I'm currently on a gap year, actually. So I don't, I think student is still the most accurate label for me, but um, I'm currently not enrolled in classes, but I will be in the fall. Um I'm also the co-director, as you just mentioned, for uh, New York City Asian American Student Conference 2021, um, which has just been like a really amazing experience. Um, yeah, other than that, during this gap year time, I'm like getting involved in a lot of different kind of things just to keep myself busy, just because it's fun. Um, I guess for context, I study media culture and communications with a minor in producing in film and TV. Um, so I'm interested uh, slash want to pursue um, graphic design, um, video production, media in general, all those kinds of things. Like I have a lot of different interests. Um, so yeah. That's great. Uh, what do we call that? We call that a multi-hyphenate, right? <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your upbringing and, and what brought you to this point. So I'm Chinese American. Both of my parents are Chinese from China. Um, my dad is from northern China. Um, he grew up pretty poor. Um, he is the oldest son in a family of five children. And they really had to like work really hard to make the ends meet. Um, my paternal grandparents um, worked, uh, were a school teacher and um, my grandma just uh, stayed at home to raise the kids. So all of them like kind of had to, they had like a really like rough and um, I guess impoverished childhood in which my dad tells like a lot of stories about like they had to like drink like their neighbors like noodle soup like not even like noodles in the soup but the water left from after boiling the noodles and then like making matchsticks um and like matchboxes for like the local factory so that they could just like get some extra money um so yeah so my dad is really like passionate about like his education he was like yo I loved math he was like I was so in excited to do my math homework um so yeah um he's the only one in my in in his side of the family who like got up to like a PhD um so he's oh, wow. like definitely really proud of that um so yeah and then my mom is from like southern China um she grew up with her grandma her parents were working um, so my my mom grew up with like her uncles and aunts and like a lot of cousins and she was like the oldest of the bunch so she grew up like being a caretaker and like you know like studying hard working hard and yeah um, my mom didn't really like live with her parents until she was like uh, in high school so um, that was like a totally different change for her um, and yeah something that she t 
talks about a lot is like how uh, her parents like forced her to um, study chem E, even though she was really into like literature and like arts and stuff. Um, so that's how my parents met um, in university because uh, they were both chem E majors. <laughs> um, <laughs> but my for my dad, it was like a passion. And for my mom, it was like, uh, like I got to grind through every single day. Like it sucks. Right. Um, I, and she like just felt really sad and miserable throughout like the entirety of university. So my parents lived in China for a while, went to Japan and then went to Canada where they had oh, me. Wow. Yeah. Oh, so wow. yeah, I'm oh, are a you Canadian. I'm Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. uh, technically. Um, yeah. Yeah. My dad went to UBC for his uh, PhD. And so I was born there. Um, my mom was like, my mom basically raised me by herself because my dad was super busy with school. Um, and she like talks about how they were super like they were basically living off of like his graduate student stipend. And so yeah. like when she was pregnant with me, they were like she was like drinking milk to feel full rather than like like buying like actual like nutritious foods. And like right. my grandparents like didn't really have the funds to like help them out so my mom basically just like raised me there in Canada for a while and then my parents moved like a lot when I was a kid so <laughs> yeah, yeah I I've lived in like from yeah I lived in Canada for two years and then it was Southern California upstate New York Bay Area California and then I grew up most of my life in Irvine <laughs> oh wow yeah that's a circuitous uh <laughs> it's a lot of places yeah 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 but I think that type of stuff like helps with like perseverance in terms of being able to adapt in different situations yeah so so you're a very creative person <laughs> um juxtaposition to you know the education that your your dad had and your mom had was that ever a point of um conflict or conversation with you guys in terms of what you wanted to pursue um I think because my mom felt like she was so pressured by her parents my mom was like you should do whatever you want like as long as you go that. to school like and you get a job like just do like what makes you happy um and I think my dad really wanted me to go into like science because like that's what he's doing like he's done he did R&D in pharmaceuticals for like 20 years so um he's really into like chem and stuff yeah. um but but if it's not I'm, your passion it's not your passion I think yeah um, you know I'm obviously I don't know how many years older I am than you maybe 10 plus but <laughs> I, think I think I counted I think it's like <laughs> I think it's like 12 12 or 16 or something oh, I forgot you're, you're aging me so anyway uh <laughs> <laughs> no worries, no, worries. Think, no 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 but I just I I all that to, is to say that you know I think if you can start out doing what you love to do and what you have a passion for I think that's great you know you're not wasting your time <laughs> like many I mean, of us have been you know doing in the corporate world so it's a great I, path to people be on. say that to me a lot people say that to me a lot but I mean, I did have, like, a time in high school where I was, like, I don't want to go to school anymore. Or, like, I, I, like, had a fight with my parents for, like, two years in which, like, I was, like, I'm not going to college, guys. Like, I'm just going to – I, like, 
I don't know if you're familiar with Thoreau and like Walden, but like mm-hmm. I read Henry David Thoreau's Walden and I was like, I'm radicalized. I don't need to do anything. I just need to like achieve enlightenment, find my peace, go live in the woods somewhere and I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> But you came around, it sounds like. <laughs> I think the I, I college know, experience yeah. is so much more than the academics, though. I think you grow as a person, you build your network, and that's just the beginning of what becomes your network as you continue to age in life. So I think it really is more about the academics when you think about it. It's like life experience, which you're living through right now. So with your gap year, Um, I think you had mentioned that you were supposed to be studying abroad and then obviously COVID happened. Um, Yeah. So what were you, what were you uh, thinking that you were going to get out of being in China? Like what was the, what was the goal of that particular program? So yeah, last year, like in January last year, I was like, okay, um, let me apply to this like Chinese government scholarship. It was recommended to me by like, um, I was taking Chinese classes at NYU at the time and like my professor recommended people to like go try it and I was like oh I um wanted to take a gap year anyways um for context like I had extra credits from like doing a lot of APs in high school um Mm -hmm. so I was I was originally supposed to be able to graduate college in like three years and then I got to college and I was like oh shoot this is going super fast and so I was like I should take a year in the middle and be like and like just like go get like job experience or something but I like didn't know what that was gonna look like um so I was like, oh, let me just apply to this, like, program. It'll place you in, like, a Chinese university. And then you can just, like, if you pass, like, a Chinese placement test, you can just kind of, like, take classes like a normal person studying something, if that makes sense. Oh, great. So, like, yeah. I'd be able to study media in Chinese. Um, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. As an and, immersive like, experience. Yeah. yeah. And, and even that... though, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Wait, wait, yeah, sorry. Because, like, I was thinking, like, this is going to be impossible because my Chinese is not that good. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I didn't need, like, a grade for it because, like, I already had the credits. Yeah. And is that linked to any of the work that you do um, with the New York City Asian American Student Conference? And if mm. not, could you tell us about what you do with that program? I wanted to go study because my parents have kind of pushed me to be good at Chinese since I was a kid. Um mm-hmm like they're they were very much like you need to be like natively fluent in Chinese um so I was thinking like this is like one of like the last opportunities I'll get to like really like study and like be immersed in Chinese and maybe like having that as like an aspect of like having like just like an extra skill when I go out and find jobs like I am fluent in Chinese like that would be really helpful um and, like, you know, I'm just really into, like, getting to know my family and stuff because um, I feel like I've missed out on a lot. Um, and then how that ties to NISAC, I guess. Um, with NISAC, I started my freshman year of college um, when I moved to New York from California um, as one of the members of the marketing committee. And I've just kind of, like, been progressing in it every year um I think I started because I was looking for places where I could like find home like I was looking for like you know like places where like I could find people that were also like uh yeah like we can like talk about like these things 
because you know being in like a new city especially this city is like really difficult um and like just getting to know all of these like really creative independent like high school and college students who are all doing like really amazing things in their own right coming together and like planning this conference was like a really great experience um from the first year I was like oh yeah this is like this is awesome um so it's a coming together of students and then at the output is a conference that's hosted is it multiple times a year no it's just one time every year um it's basically we start in like the end of January and the conference is at the end of April so it's like a you know like a rush to finish to be honest because it's it's like coming up soon yeah yeah it's in less than a month now and I don't know when this episode's going to be published but yeah soon yeah that's great and then is it um does it function the conference functions to highlight the work that um Asian American students are doing in the community yeah um so we have it's like a whole day and then we invite we we have like a workshops committee that plans workshops um and they invite like cool people from all around to like come like host a workshop for like an hour and just like you know educate about like various topics like we've had um workshops about anti-blackness um there was one that I attended that first year that was like about like anti-muslim tendencies or like sentiments Mm -hmm. in the Asian American community which I thought was really interesting and insightful a lot of high school students really like the SHSAT talks which is like the New York um specialized high school test you have to take a test to get into like like a like a good high school um and so those are like the kinds of things that we do um we have like uh, a big keynote speaker every year um and some performers that's great and it's great that you can talk about things that are so topical that are happening as well right now especially during the tough time that our community is going through so if we transition a bit, maybe you can tell us a little bit about what we can expect this month. I'm excited to talk with someone of the same name as you. <laughs> um, her name is Tiffany Lowe. Um, she is Tiff Gift Photog on Instagram. I'm really hyped about her work because um, she just has, she just shows so much creativity in her photographs. And then I also um, really like that she's like hosting this podcast called The Window Gain, um, which showcases like uh, the struggles of like API creatives, um, something that I can definitely like relate to. Um, yeah. And then our other, I think, confirmed guest so far is Yulin Nyo, who is uh, one of the New York State Assembly Woman uh, Assembly members, um, and she's super cool. Uh, she came to our conference last year, actually, um, and oh, I know amazing. people who are like on her staff. Um, so she's definitely really like into like the community her district is actually um New York City's Chinatown and like Lower East Side um so she definitely cares a lot about like students about the elderly about like that whole community um that exists in Chinatown that's cool that's a wonderful lineup and then you guys are still confirming another guest or two potentially yeah um what what do you feel like when you were searching for the guest was there a common theme that you were thinking about um I mean for me as like a junior rising senior in college I am my mind is definitely on like recruitment season right now uh that summer internship grind um so I'm thinking a lot about like what I want to do in the future like what and like what success really looks like for like 
Asian American youth um, slash like, I guess, like Gen Z people who are about to enter the workforce. Right. Um, So I wanted to interview people who I thought like, like I would want their jobs. I think they're doing they're making like really cool stuff um, or like, I don't know, like just talking to people that have like like a warm and welcoming like online presence um yeah I think that's the best way I can describe it like I I I really want to like reach out to people that I look up to and like um I'm really like craving mentorship I guess yeah no that makes sense and it's like you want to hear about their journey share yours and see what you guys can take from each other in terms of learnings um to apply into your own life I think that's great I think you know you're at this cusp where sort of like the world is about to be your oyster, you know, and I don't think that you actually have to have it all figured out. Some of it is the fun in the journey. Um, but at least having some kind of relative direction does definitely help. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully at the end of like all these conversations, I think you will have gained something and you will have given something back to the community as well, because I think there are definitely people in the same shoes as you that are like currently just trying to figure it out as well. Yeah. Um, something that I wrote for Jerry, like when I was like pitching my month, I was like, what does like, what does success look like for our community when like our parents have kind of like grinded and like been on like survival mode for so long um, where this kind of like idea of success increased entrenched in our minds is kind of toxic to us because it's like means like money like Mm -hmm. family stability economic stability um but like what is a life that like will be good to us and like that we can be good to yeah no I think that's something that like I personally am on that journey too and I'm I'm your senior obviously but I think honestly it's um what I'm looking for if I could describe it is probably an intersection of um professional and personal work that makes me feel good and that makes me feel as though whatever I'm doing is leaving the world in a better place than it was yesterday. Um, And I think, you know, I think, you know, we largely all have that goal and I think it just becomes a bigger thing to you personally, potentially when you become a parent, because you realize that, you know, the, the world you're leaving behind, um, will be the one that your kids have to live in. So I think that's great. Um, and like I said, you're earlier on on that journey than I was in my life. So I applaud you for that. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah. <laughs> the thing about like doing something that you like, though, is that it's it's like I turned my hobby was initially photography and I really like taking pictures. But now that I've like turned it into work, I'm like, oh shoot, everything is work now. I have to monetize everything. <laughs> so there's no like, I, my work-life separation is kind of bad. <laughs> yeah, that's difficult. You do have to find a way to balance that. And I don't have um, a wonderful answer for you because I've been living through it myself, right? Where we've gone remote now, you know, for the last year. So it's like, what happens in your personal life is blended with your professional life because everything is all happening at the same place. Um, So I would just say, you know, if you can find some way to figure out how to manage your self care so that it doesn't get so blurry and heavy, like that's, that's totally up to you in terms of the person that you are, you know, like I work out so I can zone out. (laughs) 
Oh, so true. <laughs> yeah, away from my kids, but <laughs> but that works for me. So, so what do you feel like then? Like that you would, if you wanted to wrap up and say, like, what you would leave, want to leave the community with, or what you would have loved to take away from this month when you finish hosting all these episodes. Personally, I wanted to humanize some of the people that I admire and like really just get to know their personal stories. Um, but I think for listeners, um, for people who are like my age or even for people who are like older or younger, like I I think that like it's just important to hear like the stories of people who are kind of like who are going to be like the future of uh, what America looks like, what Asian America looks like. Um, and especially people who are in like non-traditional careers, like, uh, I know you went to UCLA and UCLA is a very like academic school, um, with very smart people. Um, but what does it look like to have like a career, um, where like, you can't exactly like study that, like you can't really study Asian American podcasting in school right now. Um, so like, how do you, how do you go from studying something like psych to being like a content creator right yeah and I think that's a great point it's like let's catch these people on the front end middle of their journey right whereas a lot of times we see the end and we see the glory in the end and sometimes you don't hear how hard it was and Mm -hmm. I think to your point I think the word you used was to humanize that journey and I think that's a beautiful way of saying um that we can create this connectedness um, through the podcast and through the conversations that you're having, which is very much so what Dear Asian Americans is about. It's about uplifting um, the voices of the people in our community and sharing their stories. So we are so excited to have you um, for April and we can't wait to hear the episodes. So thank you so much for your time, Marva. Thank you.